Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 527 of the milk bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, we'll hear from Sale GP's great British team. Three of their members joining us to let us know about the sport and the forthcoming event in August. Jack Attell will be along to share his latest single in acoustic form and some of his other music too. We catch up with the team from Compton about their brand new contact centre. The ground has been broken on the project and we're about 12 months away from seeing a fantastic new facility for those in our city who need it. Enzo DeVico will be telling us about the cakes that he produces. Uh, They are vegan and they are absolutely fantastic. So we'll be talking to him about his business, Sweetie Pie. And we'll be talking to celebrity chef Rosemary Schrager and Phil Buckle, chief executive at Electrical Safety First, all about accidents in the home and having uh, a little word to make sure that we don't fall victim to some of the electrical problems which have caused fires across the Midlands. But first of all... With season two of Agatha Raisin now available on DVD as a box set, you can indulge yourself in the fantastically funny mystery surrounding the world of the Cotswolds. One of the recurrent stars in the show is there, Mrs Boggle, Marsha Warren, who joins me on the line now. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? Very well. I'm so looking forward to seeing the uh, the shows, which I haven't seen yet. So it's very exciting. Yeah, because you get to be in two of the mysteries this time round. The six are now available to watch. Yes, I do. Which means the excitement of watching the series is there for you too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the Cotswolds are so beautiful, aren't they? Absolutely. Um, Ashley Jensen is just glorious as the lead. She's a very, very fine actress. And it's such a big hit in America. I didn't realise and in fact, they're having parties of Americans come over and two of the cast take them round our villages. And it's just the look of the area, which I think adds to the story as these mysteries unfold with the exactly. unusual murders that take place. Exactly. It's mischief, mayhem and murder. <laughs> so, I mean, this season we can hopefully see some sort of resolution to Agatha's love life because this yes. has been an ongoing issue, hasn't it? Absolutely, really surprising, and and she's sort of an anti-heroine as well, because in the in the first series nobody liked her. They certainly didn't like Mrs. Boggle, but she is crass, outspoken, rude, and loud, <laughs> and actually went to the loo on the side of the road in episode one. So I'm <laughs> very glad my mother isn't alive. But she has had, as one of the cast describes, a personality transplant. And because I think she was rather lonely because nobody liked her. And so she started smiling, which is a bit frightening for the village. (laughs) But maybe they don't know quite what she's up to and what's going to come next. No, quite. But it must be fun to play a part like Mrs Boggle. I mean, uh, you're middle-aged now, I would say. So uh, you've, you've played a few parts in your time, haven't you? Just a few, yes. <laughs> in many a show, over what forty years or so in acting. Fifty-four. Is it that afraid. many? Bloody neck! Yes. I, I, I wouldn't have said you're old enough for that. <laughs> but but uh, is she one of the uh, most fun characters to have played? She is. She is. She's um, in, in this series alone. She's been wardrobe mistress of <laughs> the, a, a reenactment with the Sealed Knot Society <laughs> and stood in for one of the men. I said, could I wear a beard and have a fight with a pike? 
which was a big mistake. Do you know how heavy pikes are? I dread to think, to be fair. (laughs) And the seal not come along and they bring their cooking pots and their spinning wheels and and really do fight the muskets as well. I said, well, what chances have pike got against the musket? And they said, the musket has to reload. Uh And then uh, the latest is she's head of the neighbourhood watch. (laughs) <laughs> which she did go a bit over the top about. She she thinks she's a policeman now. And she wears a security belt with everything in it, a dossier, a taser gun, <laughs> and a, a fishing net the art department gave me. I, I didn't ask why, but I just wear it. They're and a one-point-a-tin hat. But she helps to solve the murders in that episode. So and it's, it's and very much it's a team, isn't it, Nagatha Race? And whether it's uh, you know some of the the other cast who are all pulling together to to get yeah, to the bottom are. of it. They are. It, it's a big murder team, <laughs> <laughs> and she's become a full time private investigator now. I think the the village likes um, Ashley's character a bit more now. Yeah, I th- she's I been think... very useful to them. Absolutely. I mean, we saw that in season one, and things. Yeah, the tide started to change. But I mean, it's obviously a big switch up for uh, attitude for her from a PR role that she's had in the past. And if somebody is going to go out there and hasn't seen it yet, there is a box set of season one and season two available, yes. so you can do the whole thing. And if you're halfway through, season two is there to watch in the comfort of your own home at your own speed. That's it. It takes care of my summer, doesn't it? You can sit back and relax and enjoy <laughs> it with a, with a pims or something, can't you? Yes, absolutely gorgeous. Can't wait. <laughs> so, other than some of the antics you got up to, what what are the highlights that haven't involved your character? Is is a good camaraderie behind the scenes as well? Oh, just marvellous. If you've done something for a long time, you know that there are lots of shortcuts for the crews. You know. And uh, it, it, it's it's marvellous. And, you know, makeup and wardrobe, they have, well, and crew, have a really quite a hard time of it, really, getting up at half past five and not getting home till about eight. It's it's long, long. We, we've got days off. It's all right for us to swan in and out. <laughs> but you've got to have lovely people, haven't you, if you're doing a, a, a job like that. And they all, they all want to do it and they all love it and want to come back, you know. Yeah. And M.C. Beaton has written 30 books, so I could go on till I'm 90. Well, this is, that as, sounds like a great As long idea. as I don't get murdered. Well, this is it. Have you read ahead? Have you read these books to see if Mrs. Boggle makes it? No, so I don't. It's as much of a mystery <laughs> to you. Well, your agent will be in touch, I'm sure. They've been checking it all out as a, as a, as a way of doing it, which sounds Absolutely. like a plan. But adapters are amazing and producers, you know, because they do change things sometimes an enormous amount to bring it up to date, you know. And they put in, for instance, the, the reenactment, the sealed knot, the Cavaliers and Roundheads, which wasn't in the book. I don't know what... To, uh, Ms. Beaton thinks about it, but um, that they are unsung heroes. Mm-hmm. But so some of these things, it makes all the difference of television, and it just makes the plot, or even more exciting and visually exactly. interesting on screen, which is the way we love it. Exactly. You can get this, as we say, as a box set. It is out there now, twenty four ninety nine for uh, season two on DVD. If you want season one and two, it's thirty nine ninety nine. All certificate twelve and available to digitally download as well. So you can do that, or you can get the real thing and uh, pop that in your DVD collection at home. But uh, it's uh, truly entertaining stuff, great fun. The mystery, the magic, and the humour 
all thrown in for good measure. Absolutely brilliant stuff from Agatha Race in Season 2 available now. And the wonderful character of Mrs Bogle, played by Marsha Warren. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. We employ you as our press officer. I'll, 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 I'll absolutely give you a hand. marvellous. Well <laughs> done. Marvellous. Thank you. Cheers. Try for now. Bye-bye. In a moment of time, we will be hearing from Jack Cattell. He has got a fantastic new single on the way. But first of all, let's take a little bit of a memory. Step back in time with one of his tracks. This is Keep Trucking On. It seems like all they want to do is see you fail. Stick to your guns, cos in the end you will prevail. Maybe then they will all want to know your name. Talk about how they knew you before you hit the fame They look down their nose at you like you're worth nothing at all The first to jump on your case if ever you should fall You'll be the one laughing if you finally break through Cause then they'll spin their lies and say they always had faith in you like a beer bitch, but won't you just keep trucking on? Just don't stop, even if you feel that chance is gone. You lost the battle, but the war can still be won. So just keep trucking on. Just keep trucking on. You've put in have been in vain Though you may not be famous And you may not have it all You can still make a living And that's all I'm in this for Like a beer bitch But won't you just keep trucking on Just don't stop Even if you feel that chance is gone You lost the battle But the war can still be won So just keep trucking on Truck it on Cause though the road will twist and turn Lessons will be learned Though the road will twist and turn You won't crash and burn You won't crash and burn Like a beer you just keep trucking on Just don't stop Even if you feel that chance is gone You lost the battle But the war can still be won So just keep trucking on Like a beer bitch But won't you just keep trucking on Just don't stop Even if you feel that chance is gone You lost the battle But the war can still be won With a host of gigs over the summer and a single release on the way, Jack Cattell is keeping himself very busy. He's with me now, taking a little break from his schedule to find out what's happening. Hello, sir. 
Hello, how are you? I'm good. Right? It's been about 12, 18 months since we last had a natter, isn't it? It has, yeah. It's been uh, been quite a while. Yeah. And that's been manic, hasn't it? Just a bit, yeah. Um, especially after the party in the park, it's uh, been very, very busy, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, what's going on then? So there's a single release, a video, and plenty of gigs. So let's yeah. start off with the single, because that's out on the 7th of August? Um, it is the 7th of August. It was supposed to be the 27th, but we've had a bit of uh, an issue with the artwork for it. Um, so I've had to change the artwork slightly, but it will be out on the 7th of August, I've been told, um, with a video as well coming out on the same day, hopefully. Uh-huh. Now, that must have been good fun to put together. Tell us a bit about that. Oh, it was brilliant. Um, I've got a, a good friend of mine, uh, Dan Evans. He's shoot some great videos. He shot a video for me before mm-hmm. um, for Homeward Bound. And um, so I'd messaged him saying, I've got this idea for a video for Mr. Daniels. Uh, do you want to mm-hmm. come and shoot it with me? And he he loves shooting videos, so uh, <laughs> so there you were. You're away. Yeah, of course, and you know it's always it's always a positive that he's a good friend of mine as well. So mm-hmm. you know he's, he's very good at what he does, and he's got some great footage, and he's put most of it together now. So it's all coming together. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, even really though the song won't be three, four minutes long, it's still an awful lot of work to get all that together, and the amount of cuts and shots in there. So yeah. where did you film? Um, it was at the Botanist in Birmingham in the downstairs, I think it's called the Plant Room, I think, um, mm-hmm. downstairs, but it's a lovely rustic bar and uh, it suits the song perfectly. So it suits you as well? Yeah, of course it does, yeah. <laughs> it's like American-style, um, American-style, like, 60s vibe, I think, that mm-hmm. we were going for, a bit Johnny Cash. and Because uh, your music does vary, doesn't it? I mean, you, you did yeah. quite a wide range of things. I mean, you're only 22 now, but you've got a career which has gone back a few years. Yeah, just a few years, yeah. I think I started out when I was around about 18 and definitely a few different styles in uh, my songwriting. I, I seem to go through uh, phases, so I went through a bit of a phase with uh, American sort of country, and mm-hmm. that's where this song originated. And of course, the EP is a bit, a bit more folky, a bit more folk orientated, so but, it's a bit but, different. But Mr. Daniels, I'm taking this uh, maybe have a bit of a harking to the bar that you're actually in. So, is there an yeah. alcohol link here? Uh, of course, there is. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but you, you, I mean, your background's in chemistry as well, isn't it? Yeah, it so is, yeah. you know your ethanol from your various other things. Uh, I'd like to think so. <laughs> I've, I've just graduated, so uh, if any. Uh, Employees are looking, yeah. you know. So, anyone's a chemist who can sing and knows the thing to do about drinking Jack Daniels, he is your man. It's <laughs> called Jack and it helps, doesn't it? You see, <laughs> it does, yeah. yeah. So, uh, that again, a fun song, I mean, that, that's that's, that's, that's the song, thing. Yeah. You, you're, you're enjoying your music and, yeah. you, and you're getting that across in what you're singing about. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Yeah, I mean, uh, we had a lot of fun enjoying um, the video shoot, definitely. I, I got two uh, session players in with me a double bass player and a drummer, yeah. Um, Alison Knott and Mike Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brilliant, brilliant musicians who did it at short notice as well. And uh, I'm sure they enjoyed it just as much as I did as well. It was a really, really fun day. We got uh, quite a lot of locals down, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of fans from Facebook and Instagram come down. And uh, there was about 30, 40 people there that enjoyed the shoot. And there was one promo shot that we got of uh, a few a few that were confident enough to do it, uh, of singing along to the chorus. And uh-huh. I've put that out on social media. It's, it's, it's good, I've, I've really enjoyed it, and I think they, they bounced off me as well, so mm-hmm. it was really, really enjoyable to film, yeah. Excellent, so we get to see real reactions to your music, yeah, and yeah. we get to enjoy the real music too in a short while's time, but before we do, gigs on the way, and that's quite a busy time over the next few it's, weeks as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, uh, Thursday's the big one. Uh, I've entered a competition, uh, Jack Daniels Presents competition. It's a nice link. Uh, yeah, lovely link to the single. Um, it's called Sounds of Summer, and uh, I got through to the first heat, which is on Thursday, the 1st of August, mm-hmm. at O'Neill's Bar in Worcester. Okay, one to get um, along there. Yeah, it's, it's me against another band, and 
the more people that come and cheer me, the more chance I've got of going through to the semi-finals. Okay. So. Shirt on Jack Cattell, that's the name you're looking for. Make yeah, sure you get yourself you know up to Worcester, come along, do it. He is the man. Right, OK, what else have we got? Uh, it's just covers gigs at the moment, to be quite honest with you. And uh, we're looking, we've got a few uh, big opportunities in the pipeline that are coming for September onwards and go looking into 2020 as well. So there's some big things to come, hopefully a band behind me as well. Um, but some big, big gigs and to come is, in here. Is that status yeah. for you, having the band behind you? You like, you enjoy that? Um, I love it, yeah. It, it's, not, it's not really a status thing. It's more of a... It improves me, and I think I improve them as well as musicians. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, we do bounce off each other, and, you know, the boys that I've got rehearsing with me at the moment are, are brilliant musicians in their own right, but I think their ideas that they bring to these songs that I'm writing is, is giving them a new lease of life, and that's what you want in music. You don't want to be burning out and writing the same old songs again and again, and they've kind of pushed me in a different direction and made me think, you know, there's another way to go with these songs mm-hmm. that we've got. And, it's, it's all good, it's all going really well um, and hopefully we'll be ready for the new year when all these big gigs are, are going to start rolling in. Big gigs and an album as well possibly? I'm hoping that there'll be an album. We're pushing it, we, yeah. think we need yeah, an we album really it. don't we? Yeah, um, there's potentially going to be an EP at the end of this year, mm-hmm. a three track EP, I'm back recording in August yeah. so hopefully uh, that'll go well and the EP will be out at the end of 2019 and then we're looking forward to an album in 2020 hopefully okay that's all to come it's all 2020 yeah okay. it is that's the big year yeah okay that's when it, that's when it happens you saw it here first <laughs> okay so uh, what are you going to play for us then um, I'm going to play a single for you you're going to do the single yeah okay we'll go straight in that's something to look forward to Mr Daniels from Jack Cattell meanwhile where can we find your socials uh, Jack Cattell Music on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube and then on Twitter it's Jay Cattell Music because Jack Cattell Music was too long for the uh, <laughs> for the Twitter bio you now. You cut too much, you can <laughs> put in your handle. Okay, that's the way to do it. He's, he's great to listen to. We'll prove that now. This is Mr Daniels from Jack Cattell. Jack and I like to drink The one that says when I'm on the brink I'll always keep that head flask close by And just a swig and I'll be feeling fine With that old guy Jack cause he's a friend of mine Upon that shelf you look so fine A Tennessee honey you're just so divine The captain calls a crack and slain there's only one winner in this game And it's our old guy Jack, yeah, yet again Good old, good old, good old Mr. Daniels Good old, good old Fresh out of Lynchburg, Tennessee but old number seven does a trick for me It sometimes makes my problems hurt And other times it kills my concerns With Jack you never know which way you'll turn So just for tonight what battle will do Let's see if we can drink this through Then come around at three or four I stumble in through my front door And that guy Jack he will be gone that's for sure Good old, good old, good old Mr. Daniels, good old, good old. 
drinking any less either So if I keep come on hit me again Cause the boy till I tell you when It's our old guy Jack and he's back again Upon that shelf you look so fine The Tennessee honey so divine The Captain Cows, the Kraken slain Nothing else makes me feel the same It's our old guy Jack winning the game Good old, good old, good old Mr. Daniels, good old, good old, good old Mr. Daniels, good old, good Performing live, that was Jack Cattell. We'll hear more from him a bit later on. Ground has now been broken on a brand new site which Compton Care are putting together with the help of funding from the 5 Stroke 344 Transport and General Workers Union Benevolent Fund. Here with me now, from that exact fund itself, I have Cyril Barrett. Hello. Good evening. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Are you okay? Very well. Good Very stuff. well indeed. And from Compton Care, Grace Lee. Hello. Hi, Jason. So, uh, first of all, Owen Grace, tell us a bit about the centre itself. Well, really, really exciting times for Compton Care. So, um, with the fantastic donation from the Benevolent Fund, we've been able to, we're producing a coordination centre, which essentially means that anybody who's diagnosed with an incurable condition in the Wolverhampton area um, would come to Compton, their first point of call, we'd coordinate their care and essentially make sure that they receive the very best care as possible so that they can continue to live their best life possible. And this all ties in the whole ethos of Compton, which is making sure that it's not so much end of life care as life care probably with a known end but it's that's that's not the focus is it yeah absolutely so anyone who finds themselves in the position perhaps where they're diagnosed with an incurable condition we very much say that a life with an incurable condition doesn't have to be limiting we focus on providing people the care support and encouragement they need to continue to live their life as they choose to live it um, obviously with the professional support of our medical professionals and support care workers and this coordination centre will essentially mean that eventually we'll get to a point where it will be 24-7 support, telephone support for anyone that needs us in the city. And uh, Mr. Barrett, you know, you must be proud, everyone from the uh, the Goodyear Benevolent Fund, uh, this, is, this is funded by, it was a big part of our city and its legacy is this sort of thing caring for the residents. We're absolutely delighted, Jason. The Trustees and Management Committee, on behalf of all of the ex-members, set out to do this project. It was always the cornerstone of us creating a living legacy within the community of Wolverhampton, the black country. So to finally get there, we're absolutely over the moon. And you know, the response from our ex-members has been a sense of pride for them and for the families because what we're doing is this is that we're reaching out and we're helping and supporting Compton Care. Compton Care's reputation in the community of Wolverhampton and the black country um, is you know so unbelievably high and not alone are we helping the patients we also see it as an opportunity to help the families mm -hmm. because both faced difficult and challenging times. Um, as recently as two weeks ago, I met an ex-member and he's told me that he faces difficult and challenging times. And he talked about Compton Care 
glowingly. Uh, the support that they've given him already, uh, it made me feel very proud and very, very humble. But everything we're doing, we're doing on behalf of the members or the ex-members of the fund, creating what I class as our proud living legacy. Mm -hmm. And, and this is going to be a world-class facility. Uh, I mean, what we're seeing now, the ground has literally just been broken. Uh, it's all part of the planning stages. You have to get there and there's a, a, a route through. But in around 12 months' time, we should see the building itself? Yes, uh, it'll, be, it'll take approximately 12 months. Uh, it's a great two-listed building, so time is, uh, it'll take time. But it's more important. It's a positive project. It is, uh, people understand it's going to take a little bit longer than what we would have all liked, but it's positive. And I hope is that um, the, the volunteers and the staff at the hospice eh, will turn around, right, and they will get a lift from the project mm -hmm. as much as the people long term will benefit from it. Yeah, and uh, I mean, those who are involved in fundraising are, are often people who are also being looked after by Compton Care as well. And Grace, I, I know that there's a bit of a buzz there too, isn't there? Absolutely, and I think, um, as Cyril mentioned, the, um, the members of the union who have just exhibited such fantastic community spirit, it makes total sense now that they're putting that money into a project that will continue to foster that kind of community spirit, not only supporting patients but families, but also providing a one-stop shop for healthcare professionals as well. And we're also going to, as part of the coordination centre, have um, a skills lab as well. So we'll have um, a training area to ensure that our nurses and clinical staff receive the very, very best training. So they're not only pro providing brilliant, but extraordinary care going forward. Yeah, and as a Putting all this in one place as well is going to help reduce costs and make it a more efficient way of working. And it, but in that efficiency, none of the personality is going to be lost. It's still going to be constant through and through. Absolutely. In fact, the, I think the experience will just be enhanced now. There's, um, the, we, we hear sometimes some very upsetting stories from patients who've had to tell their story about their diagnosis and their treatment to several different healthcare professionals, notes being lost along the way as they're going to different providers. That's going to eliminate all of this now. It will be the first point of call. We will coordinate their care, not only into Compton services, um, but hopefully provide them and signpost them to other support groups or anything else that might help them in the future. Yeah, so it is about that wider picture, work in the community, and again, I say that, that sort of thing is, is the ethos of the, of the way the fund is headed through, isn't it? It is. Uh, we've had uh, a long, proud legacy of supporting registered charities, going back to 1985. Um, we've done numerous projects at Compton um, over the years. And as I've said on many occasions, when Goodyear sadly announced the closure, the ex-members all wanted to do a project at Compton. Mm -hmm because it's an iconic uh, name here in our community. Uh, it brings respect uh, and dignity. So consequently, our people wanted to be associated with that. I've always said is that the ex-members of the fund were kind, decent, caring, community-spirited people. And I hope and pray that this project brings them the pleasure um, on the process that we're going through mm -hmm. because their legacy hopefully will live on for many many years to go because they're good 
decent, caring people. And we're, we're hoping to be able to see that you know, through a plaque, I'm sure, all the, all the detail, the, the source of the funding on site. And again, it's something that will be talked about because, again, Compton is one of those places which is about talking, whether it be... Uh, to make sure you get the best out of life or just to understand how that support comes about and I, I think that again it's, it's that nice sit down and have a cup of tea feel yeah. which is things like the outpatients department's got and that, that just is it's just a lovely way of seeing it isn't it absolutely it's all about living you know that whether somebody has been told um they've got weeks months years we want to cram as much living as possible into that time um and compton's will continue to help people do that however they choose to um you know we want to get we see the people before the diagnosis we want to make sure that they're continuing to do the things that they love um, and that we're giving them the support and the medical attention they need so that they can continue to do that and that's ongoing through all the work you're doing i'm sure through your social media and of course on the website we'll be able to see the progress as a center as it comes together say in around 12 months time when it's opening and fingers crossed we can all be there for the the big opening day that'd be great so where do we go to find out all the information so if you head to comptoncare.org.uk or if you search for Compton Care on Facebook or Twitter we'll be putting regular updates on there so we've had a lovely serial feature last week when we uh, broke the ground so to speak um, and yeah we'll be providing regular updates so people can see the progress as it goes along and then absolutely we'd love to invite you to the opening as well in 12 months time. Well we look forward to that. Grace Lee from Come to Care and Cyril Barrett from the Transport and General Workers Union Benevolent Fund. Thank you both for joining us once again contentcare.org.uk to get all your details of everything that happens online or check out the social feeds too but continue good luck with the the project and thank, thank you. you for everything thank you're both you. doing. Thank you. Thank you very much. talk tonight cause nothing's going right for me anymore and it's all going downhill and I could really use your help to come and fix it all now you and I both know only you can save my soul gone that it's not gonna be long until I'm coming home we argue when I stay I miss you when I go away and leave you on your own cause I just can't deny I need you by my Sunshine on a rainy day.
on that plane Come and visit me again Cause I need your love Though nothing's gonna change I still love you all the same But is it good enough? There's no one else like you Do you feel the same way too? my sunshine on a rainy day you're the only one who takes the pain away you're my sunshine Sweetie Pie Bakery are producing vegan treats for people across the Wolverhampton area. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Enzo DeVico. Hello, sir. Hiya. So, how did you start all of this? Because are, are you vegan yourself? Yes, I am. I've been vegan for nine years mm-hmm. now. And, and what prompted that change? Um, some videos which I, I, I happen, it happens to, I happen to, 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 to watch on YouTube or... Mm-hmm. About uh, animals slaughter, slaughter. Yeah. And so, I used to have a dog. I am an animal lover, and um, I started to realize that it was a bit uh, a progress for me to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, love uh, dogs and cats and. And eating, eating, eating cows, and chickens, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, okay, so that was a change you decided to make in your yeah. life, and from this, I mean, to go I mean, vegetarian—that's something quite a few people do—to actually go the whole uh, way and become vegan, that is sometimes harder, particularly in the environment that we have with the amount of dairy that is in our world. Mm-hmm. And one place that dairy lives normally is in the world of confectionery, and I mean, cakes themselves. We're pretty much brought up to think it's eggs, it's butter, there's milk in these things. So all of that, whether it's cream on top or butter in the middle, you know, Mm -hmm. there is a lot of dairy products in there. But you have come up with some recipes, and are these mostly your own recipes and things you tweaked, or have you picked up ideas from elsewhere? Well, both actually. Um, I've tried many of the recipes myself, trying to. Uh, veganize mm. the, the the traditional uh, cakes, mm-hmm. and but today, to be honest, it's very easy uh, because there are lots of products, mm-hmm. and most of the time you don't even need particular weird stuff to mm-hmm. to to make a good cake. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it all depends what what you are uh, to want to achieve. Uh, the cake needs to be uh, moist and fluffy, and one of the um, uh, of the uh, function of eggs it's it's like it's this one right to to to, to, to make it trap the yeah, air the butter, in it, yeah. exactly it's a leavening uh, function mm-hmm. which the eggs have, but you can achieve those in a different ways. 
and for example using um, apple cider vinegar mm -hmm. which acts with the bicarbonate of soda and makes the the, the, the butter um, to leaven. Yeah, so it rises through yeah, the rises, production of carbon dioxide yeah, as it exactly. reacts and mm. before you know it you've got a light and fluffy cake. Yeah, exactly. And that's what gives you know fluffy cakes. And you do quite a range because I've I've seen you down the, on working on the market in Wolverhampton because mm -hmm. uh, on special occasions uh, you, yeah. you've you've gone down there and you enjoy sharing your produce. Uh, and the, the the purchasers out there are really going for it. They are buying a lot of these things. And once they've tried one, they keep coming back, don't they? Yeah, of course, because they realise that exactly the same as, as, if not better than the regular. I would say case. better. <laughs> I, I would say better, but I'm I You're biased. biased yes. no, but I, I, so, I don't, I, but I, I'm a heathen meat eater, and uh, so it, I'm, I'm not too worried. Normally, I should have more of a conscience, but I don't. Uh, but um, certainly, having tried these things, I, I, I'm not saying, oh yeah, I, sh I should go vegan. I would be. I'm more than happy if there's, a, there's an option there that I'm enjoying that is vegan. That's exactly exactly the way it should be. I've often eat vegetarian food if I'm out and about. Mm -hmm. But you know, this is yeah, an amazing surprise and really enjoyable. Um, people are then booking you for parties and things to, to produce food too. Yeah, exactly. Um, people, you know, when we realize that the, 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 the good product, uh, quality product, they they, they enjoyed and uh, especially today because it's not just my clientele, my, my customers are mm -hmm. not just vegans. Mm -hmm. uh, so there are people mm, with meat, yeah. regular people, and many are um, people who don't like East, um, West Indians, who don't mm -hmm. eat for religious purposes, yeah. eggs for example. Uh -huh. Um, so there is a big uh, market today. Absolutely. Uh, but, and if you've got a product that's good, though, it's even mm, easier to sell. Yeah. So, you know, it's, mm. uh, it's something that we can all enjoy without worrying about it. The, the only guilt in there is the calories. And they taste yeah. so nice. I mean, no one's worried about that, are they? It's definitely worth the calories mm. you're eating. Yeah, is it worth today? And especially because we are in, a, in, in, in a, this time where we are concerned about the environment as mm -hmm. well. So vegan uh, veganism is uh, it's important um, not only for the animal, which is you know, for many the main uh, reason mm -hmm. why they go vegan. It's a good enough reason in itself, yeah, isn't there's it? There's yeah. many other reasons for the environment, for example, because mm -hmm. to to produce, for example. Uh, a burger, you need like eight, 1,800 gallons of water mm -hmm. just for a single burger. So it's a massive um, uh, waste of water. Yeah. Uh, because the cows, of course, they need to uh, drink water during all their life. Yeah. And they need to eat, and to, they normally eat, uh, they're fed. Uh, not grass as they should, but a mixture of corn and um, oh, high high energy and, foods that yeah. they've all taken so quite a lot to produce. That yeah, need to, you know crops to, they, that they need to. And they uh, could have been grow. turned into cakes. So it's always a travesty yeah. if they could have been turned into your cakes. We would have all much rather had that than probably the burger. To be fair, yeah, <laughs> even better to give give to people who are starving, yeah, starving, starving around the world. Yeah, we 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 feed cows when we could. Actually, uh, feed, feed people. people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So all of that going on in the background. The fact is, it's a fantastic product. And mm -hmm. uh, are you at any markets and stalls in the near future? You've got a permanent slot down in Wolverhampton. I have a Wolverhampton market on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. um, it's a regular one. Then I do festivals um, during the year. Mm -hmm. 
I've done this this month quite a few. Yeah, it's been a busy um, July. Yeah, it's been July. And then um, in September, um, in August, there's another one. And then private orders, mm-hmm. people who normally make customers at the markets. And uh, they, they become quite regular after all that, yeah. yeah. birthdays, parties. And can you do a full-size um, birthday cake as well as yeah, the cupcakes and things you provide? Of course, yeah. Okay, so it's all there. There's a full range. Everything from and cookies, cookie sandwiches, uh, cupcakes, uh, layer cakes, um, anything. If, if it's confectionery, you can do it pretty much. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Where can people find you online? Um, a Facebook page uh, at Sweetie Pie Bakery 75. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, go go there. All the contact details are there. Yeah, Find you on the, Facebook. Yeah, there's a Sweetie Pie Bakery number. 75. So phone numbers and everything's there. Everything's okay, there. Okay, do that. Check it out. These cakes are absolutely amazing. You will love it. Enzo, fabulous person as well. Nice to have an atta with. So go along, book your cakes, and find out how wonderful vegan food can be. Enzo, great. Thanks for having a chat with us. Thank you very much. And I'll see you next time. Time for some more music now from Jack Gattel. This is The Ghost of the Past. I've tried to hide all the demons of the past away Sweep them under the carpet but they're here to stay Like there's a dark cloud looming right above my head I guess I'll have to lay it cause I made my bed So fast, so who you gotta be? The good times come and pass, honey, you will see. Life goes by so fast, choose your path wisely. The ghosts of your past, they'll haunt you for eternity. I made some rough decisions along the way. Your mistakes, that's all they'll say The past comes back to bite me at every turn I best make sure that I've got my lesson learned Life goes by so fast, so who you gonna be? The good times come and pass, honey, you will see Honey, you will see Life 
A British crew with three Olympic medals and 12 world championships between them are aiming for victory in cows on the Isle of Wight as the F1 of sailing makes its European debut. To tell us more, I'm joined now by the team from Sail GP, Chris Draper, Matt Cottrell and Richard Mason. Hello to you all. Hello there. Hello. So uh, tell us a, a bit about uh, this championship to start off with. What's going on? It's called Sail GP, um, very similar to um, Formula One and it's... Um, it's kind of redefining sailing. We're racing hydrofoiling, wing-powered sailboats. So um, we're using wings to generate the power rather than normal sail. And then the boats are hydrofoiling. Um, so we're skimming across the water, which allows us to reach speeds up to sort of 60 miles an hour. This all sounds um, rather exciting. Yeah, I mean, we're, it's nation v. nation. Um, the six teams from six nations were racing identical boats. And... Um, and we race really, really close to shore, and it's um, incredible for us to race on the boats, but um, also an amazing spectacle for people to watch. Well, let's, let's run down who does what in the team. First of all, Chris Draper, what's your role, please? Um, I trim the wing, and, um, and I manage the team on the shore. OK, so you, you, do, you don't normally get too wet, I take it, then? You're not in the sea? Uh, no, I do. Um, I race on the boat. Um, okay. I, I trim the wing, so uh, that means I control the power on the boat um, and uh-huh. control the wing sail. Okay, so that, that's, that's an important job. Matt Cottrell, what do you do? Uh, I'm uh, in the grinder one position, so I am uh, spend most of my time facing backwards, but I uh, provide the power to Chris to be able to trim, trim the wing. So you always know where you've been, but uh, and you're not putting your trust in the others on where you're going. Yeah, no, it's always good to see the people you're beating anyway. That's the way. Uh, Richard Mason, what do you get up to? Yeah, I've got a similar role to, uh, to Matt in that um, I provide the power for the uh, for the wing, but I also uh, trim the jib, which is the front sail. Okay, so, so providing the power, what do we mean then here? So we've got um, got a winch on the boat that uh, that um, Matt and I turn um, to pull the wing in and out. Um, so it's quite a physical role. Um, we're kind of we're racing around the course close to max heart rate for most of the 15 minutes that that we're racing. Um, and we move the sails to keep the boat in a good balance uh, in order to go as fast as we possibly can. So you are the Great Britain Sail GP team, and and is this a, a widespread sport that I've just missed out on? No, it's very much new. Um, you know, this circuit we're, it's only started this year. With um, with we're, Kaz is going to be the fourth event of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we started off in Sydney, and we then moved on to San Francisco, and then New York just recently. And then this is the fourth event of the of the Grand Prix, and then um, the fifth and final event is in Marseille for a winner takes all final match race, which will just be between the top two teams, cumulative points through the whole season, um, and the winner takes all will be a one million dollar prize money for that race um, at the end of in Marseille at the end of the circuit. Wow. So I mean, how many are involved in the team then? Because it's more than just the three of you. Yeah, there's um, there's five of us on the boat, uh, sailing the boat, and uh, we have a huge kind of, I say huge, there's about 10 people behind the scenes to help us get the boat on the water, help with logistics and the day-to-day operations of the team. But uh, on the water, there's five sailors on the boat with various different roles, all of which have to kind of nail their job to the point in order to be able to get the boat around the course. They're they're hugely technologically advanced boats and, um, yeah, the roles are pretty strenuous on on each, each individual. But unlike in Formula One, where each of the teams has a, a vehicle which they tweak and they you know, get to the absolute prime performance that they can get out of the, the vehicle itself, in this case, all of the F-50 catamarans are engineered to be identical for the six teams. Yeah, each boat is, is exactly the same, which is kind of runs through the ethos of, of the event, is that it's all down to the sailors um, and the ability on other teams to, uh, to who comes out on top. Um, the boats are always 
advancing with the technology that we've got. We're trying to make them better between each event. So there's always little tweaks going on, but if it, if it needs to be done, it gets applied to the whole fleet. So um, we're always learning and always trying to keep up with the, the advances in between events, uh, which keeps kind of kind of plays into our hands a little bit because we're one of the younger, kind of newer teams, uh, less experienced on the boat. So we're we're looking at all the, the new stuff that comes along and trying to adapt to it as quick as, quick as possible and uh, doing a really good job of that so far. But the fact that it's all the same for every boat um, makes it really good racing. There's also lots of little different things that we can change on the boats. While while they are all identical, we can, similarly to like a Formula One car, if you imagine that all of the Formula One cars are exactly the same um, and they all came from one, one, one production company, but then you're allowed to change like your gear ratios or how quickly your throttle engagement happened and all that kind of stuff. We're allowed to tweak all those different settings on the boat. Um, and, and part of making your boat go faster than the others is um, how you tweak those settings, as well as how well your shore crew prepare it for it to be absolutely optimal for for performance. Obviously, you've all got experience in the uh, the Olympics there. So, uh, how does this come across? Because a rowing gold medalist compared to whatever the job you were doing there, Matt, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a change. I'm going to guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I think you can't really see out these boats without having some understanding of, of what's going on. So, thankfully, I, well, as I was growing up as a kid, sailing was always my my passion, and that's how I got to know a lot of the guys on, on the boat so we all met each other come across each other in previous sailing worlds and I uh, went off rowing for, for a few years but the, the physical side of it is a little bit different um, but obviously being fit and strong is, is a huge part of being being a grind on the boat and uh, thankfully I can kind of be a bit of, bit of that across from rowing but um, the actual yeah the physical side of a race is uh, quite similar to a rowing event really you're basically flat out for as long as you can hang on for so the more that we can grind the more power we can provide to, to chris trimming the wing uh the more tools he has at, at his disposal and the faster we hopefully get be able to go and obviously it sounds like this is a bit of a young man's game so uh, i mean what is the age range of the team here i'm very much the granddad of the team i'm 41 um but my role is very much about thinking uh-huh. um and a bit of agility to get across the boat you know it's um but it's very much a young man's sport sailing these boats to be honest i'm hanging on by the skin of my teeth um but yeah like like shrek says he um these guys are producing enormous wattage at the front of the boat you know we're literally at the moment just going through a crew trials process um trying to find another grinder to, to join the team and and we're really looking at elite athletes you know these guys really treat themselves just like exactly like i mean that's why we've got people like matt who are, who are olympic rowers you know um, but it's very different. The roles in the back of the boat are much more about thinking, um, really quick decision making and being quick on your feet and, and also about feel and sensitivity to how the boat's reacting. It's um, Obviously, we have instruments that tell us how fast we're going, but in sailing, so much of it comes from your actual feel. So um, the team's quite young. We've got a really nice um, range throughout, throughout the shore team, the sailing team and the management team You know, of, of youth and experience. And um, we, we worked really hard on that balance to to make the team very um, very rounded and is this a big sport is it uh, or men's team and women's teams or you know how does it work yeah the um the, it's open um if, if there's a if there's a lady that can fill the role then then um that's perfect and uh, on the french team their flight controller marie is is a is obviously female and um there's there's nothing stopping the girls from getting involved whatsoever so how is all this funded then? Obviously the million pound prize money will help towards next season, but uh, it must be an, a reasonably expensive game to be in. Yeah, well, we're really lucky and um, this sport is, is very broad, but um, this, this circuit is actually funded by Oracle um, and underwritten by them, the software company, and it's underwritten by them for the first five years. So 
it really gives us an enormous platform to build on. But then, you know, we're, each team is um, tasked with making the, making their own team sustainable. So, we're, it's through commercial funding and sponsorship. We're um, we're looking to build this, build on the circuit and build on that initial platform that um, Oracle are providing us with. And um, so we're actively seeking sponsorship and funding for the team. And um, and we're already there's some incredible companies coming on board. You know, British companies like Land Rover, but also um, Rolex and so on. So. Um, it's, it's seeking enormous support and um, and recognition within sports and, and technology markets, and um, it's really cool to see that platform be provided by Oracle for us to build on from there onwards. And because of the way these boats are powered, I suppose this is an environmentally friendly high-speed sport. Yeah, no, it's usually. I mean, we try to kind of be aware of everything that we're doing in terms of uh, waste and things like that. But, yeah, the boats are powered by the wind, essentially. So, um, yeah, no, we, we don't don't have any noise pollution really going out there we try and keep it as clean as possible and uh yeah we're very aware of the places where we're, where we stand and we're lucky enough to be able to use the natural ocean and see as our um our playground really so yeah we're, we're very aware of that fact and um yeah, it's a huge privilege to be able to fly the flag for great britain in that manner well I'd absolutely i mean have a, a great time doing this good luck with this one uh the 10th and 11th of august are the dates that we're looking out for to see how you're going to do in the uh, great british team for sale gp where can we go to find out more information and where can we see this on screen well ideally we'd like people to come down to cows really and see the racing see for themselves how awesome these these boats are and come and cheer us on i mean we're sailing so close to the shore you can you can hear the crowd as you cross the finish line so um, it'd be great to have as many supporters down there as, as possible. Um, like you said, that's 10th and 11th of August. Um, if you can't make it down to Cowes, go to the SailGP website, sailgp.com, see how, how else you can watch the racing. Um, and it's on uh, BT Sport. It'll be on Facebook just after it's finished. Um, and all the normal social channel channels, Twitter and Facebook, things like that, great place to uh, to see the boats. Well, it sounds like it's an absolutely amazing sport. I say good luck to all you guys. Keep doing your thing for uh, the, the British team in there. Chris Draper, Matt Gottrell and Richard Mason, thank you all for joining us. Thank, thank you. you for having us. Thank you. These words could change your life Turn your whole world upside down And it can happen in no time Turn your smile into a frown Cause you never really know What's going on inside their heads No matter how much you always thought that you did And now they're gone Cause they don't love you anymore They don't love you anymore so wrong Where did we make that wrong turn 
thought you loved me You said that you always would Well I guess I've got to live and learn You never really know What's going on inside their heads No matter how much you always thought that you did Now they're gone Cause they don't love you anymore They don't love you anymore Now your heart starts beating At a thousand beats per minute And you just can't seem to see Where it was it all went wrong And how I caused you all this grief Cause everything changes but the world keeps turning That's something we've all gotta deal with The hardest thing I ever had to do Is turn my back as I watched you leave You never really know What's going on inside their heads No matter how much you always thought that you did And now they're gone Cause they don't love you anymore Yeah, they're gone Cause they don't love you anymore Don't love you There were 537 accidental electrical fires in West Midlands kitchens last year and many of these were caused by the misuse of appliances with more than two in five West Midlands residents having had an electrical accident in the kitchen. I'm joined now by Phil Buckle, Chief Executive of Electrical Safety First and Rosemary Schrager, Celebrity Chef, to tell me more. Hello! Hello! Right, so what's going on then? Why are we having so many problems in the kitchens across the Midlands? The research clearly shows that we tend to have a bit of a complaint an attitude in our own homes towards the use of appliances in the kitchen and how we apply the manufacturer's uh, instructions or not as the case may be <laughs> and, and generally uh, uh, end up overloading our electrical uh, circuits because unfortunately a lot of us just don't have enough sockets in our kitchens. So it is when you're getting multiple sockets in there that that can cause a, a major issue. Trailing gangs of extra plugs plugged in can cause overheating. So is it more That's that right. than the appliances themselves are the problem? Well, a, a lot of it is down to overloading and uh, we, you know, we see that there's some 60% of people around the UK that don't have uh, an awareness of whether or not they're overloading their sockets. Uh, we have a tool on our website that can help in that regard. But appliances, some you know, can be very old, and uh, if they're not checked properly, they'll potentially cause problems. But we can also end up with uh, misusing uh, appliances by using them as storage areas, such as the microwave, the top of the microwave, blocking the air vents, uh, and, and generally uh, other issues around not cleaning them properly after use so that dirt can build up and um, affect their operation. And the age-old problem of sticking metal objects in toasters to get toast crumbs out because uh, it's blocking the 
the pop-up mechanism is also a major problem. And that can be a, a rather a nasty danger to our own health, let alone causing a, a fire in the kitchen. So uh, it is certainly something we should avoid doing. So, uh, Rosemary, I mean, when it comes to people not cleaning their kitchens properly, I mean, as a chef, that must be quite worrying to you. Well, it is. I mean, there are about 15 fires a day reported in the UK by not by misusing the uh, uh, appliances or not or not using the not getting it right with the appliances, i.e., the electric. And to be honest with you, when I was told about these statistics, when I heard all this, it shocked me, absolutely shocked me. And but in my cookery school, you know, in Tunbridge Wells, I actually. We are absolutely super cautious in getting everything checked um, every year, and if not, some things are six months. So we, it's so important. But I do this there. Why didn't I do it in my own home? Mm-hmm. So I just don't know because I just don't think about it. So having gone back to my home and now seeing what an awful state my home was in electrical-wise, I was jolly lucky to get away with not having a fire. You know, seriously. So in our own home, it's a completely different thing. And what what Electrical Safety First are trying to do is make people aware of, of these dangers and make things doing. Now, people use this equipment. They take the um, small plants out they may be doing. And you know, they get it mixed up, they've got loads of wires, they put it on in adapters, they do all this, as Phil said, you know, it, it is just ongoing. And it's actually having to think about this and having to realise that this is a dangerous environment. I mean, I've always, we know it's a dangerous environment. You can cut yourself, you can burn yourself, you can do all sorts of things, slip on the floor, break a bone, you know, whatever. I know it's, we're putting the dampness on it all. We're really playing the devil's advocate here. But... I do think it's important to do this because it will shock people actually in doing something about it, safety. Because if it's, as I said, I've always said, if it saves one person out of everything, it would be amazing. I mean, you know, when you think about it, there's been last year they got, I think it was 72 people a month had the accidents. They were casualties of of a fire in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. 72 people a month. I mean, that is frightening. We're trying to put this across. It's obviously important that we think about these things. And Phil, in, in a workplace, we're used to seeing pat testing on a load of appliances. And exactly. that's, a, that's just something that doesn't happen in the home, does it? No, it doesn't. And, you know, in the home, uh, it's, it's about just making sure that you are sensible when using your appliances and, and check them. You can have them pat tested if you want to by by somebody, but uh, you can see, you know, you can see an awful lot uh, by just looking at them. And if you notice that there's cracks in the casing of say a handheld blender uh, stop using it uh, replace it uh, check the cord uh, on the uh, on the appliances has it been damaged or cut you know there's there's knives and other stuff around in the kitchen that could have trapped uh, the cord so there could be damage to the lead itself uh, is the plug okay uh, make sure that the fuse that you're using is the correct rating so that you don't risk damaging the appliance by overloading it through through um, using a, a, an overrated fuse because if there was a fault on the appliance it may continue to operate when it shouldn't do and that that will um, lead to possible damage to the appliance and, and a risk of electric shock to the user uh, so all of those issues need thinking about uh, simple checks um, just run through them do your own little risk assessment each time you're looking at uh, using your kitchen 
and uh, you'll avoid any nasty uh, surprises if you do that. Can I ask Phil a question? What happens if you get, you know you can buy things online now and you maybe get something from America or abroad Mm -hmm. and you put a plug in to actually take that plug that you take abroad, take that plug so it will take the... Uh, you will take the uh, socket that it requires. So you've got something in America. You have to get a socket to put the American uh, version in. Is that all right in our electricity? Well, if you're buying something online, uh, there is a problem here. Um, we have the plugs and sockets regulations in the UK, uh, which require uh, the, the, the correct type of plug to be provided. If you're buying something online, uh, if they send you something that, say, from uh, Europe or America, uh You've got to be careful if it's from America, they use a different operating voltage to us over in the UK and in Europe. So um, you may not be able to use it anyway because uh, American appliances operate off 110 volts, I think, roughly. I do have one myself. Um, I have a grinder, a coffee grinder. Yeah. So if you're using, uh, so in, in the UK, if you're buying online, the uh, seller of that appliance should provide you with an appliance with the right plug on it, or if, oh. if it's a European-type plug, they should provide you with a, a permanent adapter that you can use so that you can use it on the UK plug and socket system. Plugs on appliances from online sellers can be notoriously bad. Uh, if you think you have an issue with the plug, please do make sure you get it checked out because uh, if the dimensions of the plug are wrong, you could end up putting your fingers on the pins when you're pulling the plug out or pushing it in, which could lead to an electric shock hazard. Yeah, so it is quite question. serious. And, and whenever there's an adapter uh, that goes into a device, you should always check that it actually will uh, automatically select the voltage and change between 110 up to 230 yeah, for the UK and Europe use. So it is always important we, we read the boxes on anything we do buy like Ooh. that. And if in doubt, consult an electrician. That's right. Uh, consult a registered electrician. Uh, that you can find on Electrical Safety First website, electricalsafetyfirst.org.uk. Uh, there are a number of schemes that register electricians out in the UK, and you'll be able to find uh, one in your local area to give you some help if you need it. So a case of do check in and make sure that you're getting everything right. I mean, but I mean, the rest of the survey, I mean, people have fallen asleep when they've got food cooking as well, and that that's the next step of a problem, isn't it? You've got to start, oh. make sure you don't do anything stupid like that as well. Well, I've done that. I tell you, you don't have to be... I tell you, it's not a matter of being stupid. It's just a matter of being actually... Just If you are thinking you're going to go to sleep, take it off, because it's exactly what happened to me. I actually... I woke up and, and uh, everything was dry. The pan was dry. It was smoky. The room had smoked out. Everything was unbelievable. And have a smoke detector. Uh, mm. and uh, And if you're really um, keen you can put heat detectors in the kitchen because some of the smoke detectors will go off have those safety devices around the home as well so that you can make sure that if something does go wrong Mm. you get early warning of it because uh, you know if you have fallen asleep uh, then you could be in serious trouble and it's the same as uh, you know major appliances that you use in your home such as tumble dryers and washing machines don't use those at night when you're asleep there is a risk that they can catch fire uh, and also, um, don't use them when you're going out, uh, because you know if you are out and there's a problem, you can do nothing about it. You'll um, potentially lose your home, uh, and if you've got pets in the home, uh, sadly you'll you will lose your pets as well, which is not something we want to happen. Oh, certainly, do take precautions. Think about these things. Other tips online as well as where we can find a qualified electrician too. 
the website to go for all the information that we've been talking about, including the overload checker, is at electricalsafetyfirst.org.uk. Thank you for the information. Thank you for the tips. And uh, Rosemary, should I get any quick recipe tips as well whilst we're on? <laughs> Keep it simple. That's the but way I, to do it. May I just say one thing, Jason? This is really important because the Electrical Safety First is a charity, and that's what's so good about this. Is the fact is it's a charity, and all they're doing is, is trying to put word across and make it everybody aware of the danger within the kitchen. Absolutely. And I think that's wonderful. And they need supporting for this because we all hear of terrible fires happening, and now this has to happen. Certainly a lot of these can be avoided with a, a, a few simple checks around the home and hopefully not falling asleep when we've got the exactly. chips in the oven as well. Exactly. Keep it simple with cooking as well. <laughs> Roger Schrager. Buy my new chef. book. Oh, okay, <laughs> oh well, let's have a book plug then as well. Come on. Oh, what's God, the... Schrager's Cookery School. Uh, Rosemary Schrager is wonderful. It's great. It's the best book. I love it. I love it. Go on Amazon. You can buy Oh, I shouldn't say that. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go and buy you a copy now and also make sure when you've got the lights are in the kitchen they're fully wired properly and it's safe to read it in there. Phil Buckle, <laughs> okay. Chief Executive of Electrical Safety First and Rosemary Schrager, <laughs> an uncontrollable celebrity chef. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, bye. <laughs> Lying here staring at the wall I'm still waiting on your call Now my patience it's wearing thin What are you doing? Where have you been? Cause I stayed up all night to make sure that you were alright Won't you please just let me know The second that you make it home now you've got me worried sick As I sit watching the clock tick tick Cause I've stayed up all night To make sure that you were Get a message coming through Couldn't believe it when I saw it was you I had to pinch myself once or twice To make sure my eyes weren't lying The tears fell as I read Words and what you'd said And I'm alright I'm just fine All I needed was time To myself To get some help 
feel better now Cause I'm alright I'm just fine All I needed was time To myself To get some help And I feel better now Cause I'm alright I'm just fine All I needed was time To myself That's Jack Cattell. Don't forget, if you can, join him at that gig on Thursday night. Check out all his details online and enjoy the fantastic sounds he's producing. Well, that's it for me this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Back with episode 528 next week. I'll see you then. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the mill bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the mill bar, yeah.